0: come on in and have a seat and we can get started this morning. We want to welcome everyone to our our service here at the Boomble Church of Christ. We're glad that you're here, especially if you're visiting with us. Uh, At this time, please take the friendship register from the pew and pass it down the aisle so that we can have a record of everyone's attendance this morning with us. We come together this morning to worship the Lord at the conclusion of our service this morning, we'll have a presentation concerning our, our special contribution next Sunday, our mission contribution. So uh, we'll, you'll hear more about that at the end of the service today. Let's begin our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank you for the many blessings that you bestow upon us every day. Father, we're thankful that we can come today and worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray for Ken as he brings the message to us this morning that it will inspire us to do better in our lives, to live closer to you. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. We sing Highly Exalted, starting off with I Exalt Thee, and then Highly Exalted, number 62, and then we'll go to the screen only. If you would, stand with me as we sing these two songs, and we praise our Lord this morning. take control followed by own business
2: we come to this part of our service where we approach God's throne of grace, let us remember that that's exactly where we are. We're at God's throne of grace. And today in the prayer, I saw something on one of the social media things that was posted by one of our sisters, and I thought I'd incorporate it into the prayer today. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you Thankful that you have given us this great morning that we have awakened to come and serve you, Heavenly Father, we have many things that we often ask for regarding our health, regarding spiritual things, and re- regarding things that the church is engaged in doing. But, Father, as we enter this hour of worship, we ask that you remove some things from us so that we can learn more from your word more appropriately as we go over today's lesson. Heavenly Father, we ask you that you would help us lose our pride. We would ask you to remove our arrogance, help us to lose our greed, our urges, my own anger, lust, pleasure of lying, the taste of sin, please remove from us our impatience, our despair, and our our discouragement. Heavenly Father, we know that we ask for many things, and sometimes you don't necessarily give them to us. But, Heavenly Father, when we lose some of these things, we gain so much more. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with Ken this morning as he delivers the message that he has prepared, and may we as listeners listen intently on the things that he has prepared, but come from your word, so that we may be better Christians in the future and today than we have been in the past. Heavenly Father, our journey is just that, a, a path of improving as we go along, and as we stumble along the way, we know that you are there to pick us back up. And that's why we love you so much. This is our prayer in your, son, your son's name. Amen.
1: Song of invitation will be number nine hundred and twenty-four. Just as I am, followed by or blended with, I come broken. Song before our lessons number seven hundred and thirty-six. To God, to God, sorry, to Christ be true. Seven hundred and thirty-six. To Christ
3: be loyal and be true i
4: I'll be reading Revelations, chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. And unto the angel of the Lord is Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Now withstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds and I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star, he that hath in here, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches.
5: That was a lot, wasn't it? Way to go, Sam. You didn't stumble over any of it. And I know that Rick is probably jealous because recently I had him only read one verse of Scripture. But I appreciate all these men who are leading us through the reading of God's Word every Sunday morning. It just, I don't know, it sets the tone. And although this was a lengthy reading, I hope as you did in the prayer that Chris led us in, that you really took in what was being said in this text to the church in Thyatira and of the challenge that exists today, that we not be like them. Before we begin our study here today, let's pray that God will bless us and Uh, Especially, I'm going to pray that God will help me really to communicate what I've discovered here in a way you can benefit from. So I hope you'll pray earnestly for that benefit. Let's go to God now. Our Father, we're thankful for the privilege and opportunity it is to be able to come together and to study from your word. And we thank you, Father, for the text that was read in our presence. I pray, Lord, that we can be in our time a great source of encouragement and blessing to the community in which we are planted. But, Father, I also pray that we will never be compromised and corrupted by the world that is of great influence in our time. Lord, just help us to be in the world, but not of the world. Father, I pray that you'll help me through the study and the effort of application to be able to say some things this morning in such a way as can be easily received and understood. And then more than that, I pray even in spite of what I might say, that your word and its truth will prevail and it can really make a a difference, an impression on us today. Thank you for that. Thank you for all that you will accomplish in and through us in our time in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. In in the Bible that I typically use, the editors generally make headings for major sections of Scripture. A lot of times that's very helpful, kind of get your mind set on what to expect as the text unfolds. In this case, in the edition of the Bible that I use, it's a, a New King James translation. At the heading of this text... It talks about the church in Thyatira being the corrupt church. That impressed me before I read the very first word. The corrupt church. Now, I know the scriptures when it describes us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that we may proclaim the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light who once were not the children of God but now become the children of God who once were not a people, we're now a people. A transition from being outside of a relationship with God to being inside it and all that due to holiness and turning our back on sin and committing ourselves to serving Jesus, all of that... Very positive. I would think that when we talk about the church, that we would talk about an incorruptible church. Not just that it has no corruption in it, but that we are so committed to serving the Lord and the change that is taking place in our lives, that we are not even subject to corruption. That we would always stand up for what's right. We would be a holy people. That's special people for God. Isn't that true? Is that what we want to be? And so when I looked at this text and got that, man, that just depressing description, I thought, okay, hold on there a minute. We might be using them as an example, but that is not us. We are striving to be an incorruptible church, an incorruptible church. Family of God. Now, let me tell you something about our relationship with the Lord. The Lord is not in some far off, distant location having no sense or no knowledge of what goes on with us. That is not true. The Lord knows exactly what's happening with us continually, especially as we are representing Him in our community. And in this text, when it talks about the Lord with His flaming fi- fire of eyes, I, just, I think about Him just watching us so intently and just bearing down on every move. And when He sees us take a step that begins its association with the world, when corruption is at our door, I know that with those flaming eyes, He is ready either to correct us or rebuke us or even to punish us. Now, this church in Thyatira, uh, interesting in that kind of has two dynamics going on. On the surface, when you look at them, they look like they're doing great. And the Lord says, I know your works. You know I, know, I know those works of yours. I know the love that you have. I know the kind of service that you do, your faith. I, I know all about your patience. I know the kind of people that you are on the surface as you are serving me in your community there in Thyatira. However, I also know that there's something amiss. And that is, as much as there are some within the body who are striving to do what's right, you have gotten to the place where in the midst of you there are those who are very worldly, who have become corrupted as a result of the influence of the world, who have become compromised. And instead of taking action to purify the church, to keep it as a strong image of Christ in the community, instead of doing that, what you've done is you just kind of overlooked it. I guess maybe it's the sense that, well, you know, things are going okay. Let's not rock the boat. Let's not create a disturbance when there's seemingly peace here. But the Lord is coming down pretty hard on this church, encouraging them to act on what they know is right, Despite what might be the consequence. Maybe it's necessary to rock the boat once in a while. If that's going to result in purifying the church, of being certain that it does not become corrupted. Now, there is a statement that's found in verse 25 that... I'm hoping you'll just kind of keep in the back of your mind as we go through this, and then we'll hit it again a little bit later. But the Lord says, look, there's only really, for those of you who are faithful, there's really only one thing that I want to put on you as a burden and nothing else. And that is that you hold on. You keep holding on until I return. Now, I ask you, church, is that too much to ask, really? The Lord says, just, you know what, just hang on. Just hold it together. If we are going to truly be the incorruptible family of God, as opposed to what we find described here in this text, then we're going to have to start very naturally with the incorruptible head. So what is an incorruptible head? When this text is addressed, it's addressed similarly as is described in the address to all the other churches. It's an address from the Lord to the angel of the church in, and then in our case, Thyatira. Now, that city may ring a bell with you. It may not. It's kind of one of those obscure references, I suppose, because... We don't really deal with that city directly, but indirectly. Thyatira was in a place, north of it was Mysia, but south of it was a place called Lydia. Now that name Lydia, although it's the city's name, ought to ring a bell for Thyatira. And that is that there was this woman by the name of Lydia in Acts chapter 16 who was meeting with some other like-minded folks, women who were desirous of knowing the Lord and they were studying the scriptures together by the river there in Philippi. Does that start to ring some bells? That Lydia that is ultimately converted to Christianity by the Apostle Paul was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. That place was known for its trade, so it was a very busy place. People are coming in and out of there, just kind of like they did in Corinth. They're passers-through. The problem with that is that when you have a lot of passers-through, you have a lot of ideas that come and go. And eventually, something will stick with folks, and unfortunately for the church, some stuff had passed through that was beginning to unravel the strides, especially that Paul and others had made in separating the Christians from the heathen that were around them. In particular, the lure of immorality, fornication, and that of offering things uh, to idols, of eating that food. And, And so... Here in Thyatira, you've got a mix of ideas in the city, but a lot of that is now starting to creep into the church. Now, I don't know, and you don't either, and maybe you already started speculating, well, was it it Lydia that carried the gospel to her family there in Thyatira, and maybe the church started that way? Peace. (laughs) I have no idea. Wouldn't it be a romantic notion to think that just as was said a few weeks ago that several women got together and as a result of their commitment to the gospel, the church had begun right here in Boonville. Wouldn't that be something to find out the church there in Thyatira had begun as a result of a woman's desire along with her friends to see the gospel grow in her own city? I, I think that's wonderful, but I can't give you that storybook ending because the Bible doesn't tell us that much. But here's the thing that I do know. I do know who is in that city. And while you may say, yeah, Ken, we've already established the fact the church is in that city, that's not who I want you to notice immediately. I want you to notice that in this city is the Son of God. The Son of God is present in this city. And He's present in this city, not in 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 the capacity of always encouraging and always building up, he is described here in the capacity of being a stalwart of the faith and there to help people understand the truth of the matter, to put sense to it all, to to help them to firmly understand and appreciate the truth. And so he's described a couple of different ways. He has eyes described as flaming fire. <laughs> flaming eyes, wow, that that's an image, isn't it? But... I take it that the picture of these flaming eyes is the sense that it's penetrating. You know, there might be some junk on the surface that most people see and obscures what's underneath, but not so with Jesus. With those flaming, piercing eyes, He can cut right through all of the fake and get to the heart or the mind, as the text would say, of the matter. And not only does he have these flaming eyes, but he has these feet of brass, which typically describes strength. So here's the Lord, not wishy-washy at all. He's standing firm on his own truths, and he has this penetrating view into the very heart and the mind of the church. If we have a head like that, uncorruptible, the Son of God Himself. And by the way, this is the Son of God who is the only begotten Son of God. This is the none other than the Christ who was raised from the dead. This is the one who died for us, the one who is ultimately invested in us, the one who is the fulfillment of all Old Testament Scripture, John 3.16, most of us know that one. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The foundation upon which everlasting life was to be had by a church in this city that was inundated by worldly teachings and pursuits. That church is the one who is under view, the penetrating sight of the Son of God who died for them, who's invested in them, and whose feet are standing strong and firm as a foundation. So, it's that Jesus, it's that head that's incorruptible. Now, it seems to me that, you know, the Scriptures describe in beautiful fashion how that the head expects to be connected to an incorruptible body. And I can describe that for you in a familiar text from Ephesians chapter 5, 22 and following. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are all members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife say that he res- she respects her husband. Now, if you don't get anything else out of that text, please notice that over and over and over again is the emphasis that Christ as the head of the church has over the church. He loved her so much, He died for her. He loves her so much that He wants to see her as He is Himself, pure and undefiled. So much is His passion for her purity, of her incorruptibility, that He washed her with His own blood. So you can't help but come away. Having the image of Jesus as an incorruptible head, just assuming that the church is expected to be just as incorruptible. So what would an incorruptible body look like? Well, I'm going to tell you from the context of our scripture today, it is is so important that in order to maintain maintain an incorruptible body connected to that incorruptible head that we not fall into the compromise of the world around us. That we not begin to look like and act like the world that is the very epitome of sin and unholiness and corruption. Ken, is there nothing good here? (laughs) Well, yeah, there are a lot of good things on the surface of it all. And what I mean by that is this Lord who has those flaming eyes, who's able to penetrate and see how things really are. Well, when he looks at him, he says, okay, here's, here's what I know about your works. You know, I know, I know about your works. I know about your love. I know about, you know, your, your activities, the kind of things that you're involved in. I know about your love and your faith and your patience. I know about all that stuff. Especially about those works, he says. Because with regard to those works, I'm just going to be honest, what you've got right now at the last is even better than what you had at the first. So if we were to stop right there, wouldn't we just put a big old check mark right there? This is a growing church. And they are growing, seems like, in all the right things. When you're growing in works, when you're growing in your love and in your service for others, when you have faith that is growing and patience, that is just a formula for continuing on and on. So we just look at the trajectory of that church and we say, it's just constantly going up and up and up. They reflect, I think, just at this venture, Second Peter chapter 1, beginning verse 5, right? Because we're supposed to add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted. Even to blindness has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, he says, be even more diligent to make your call and he likes you sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we didn't read not one step further, we would say, well, wow, these people are the embodiment of what true spiritual growth is all about. So what's wrong with this church? Why does the heading in my Bible say, the corrupt church? After all of that? Well, he said, I have this against you. And that is... That that woman, Jezebel, Jezebel, she teaches and she seduces among you. (laughs) Now, you talk about names that really elicit in your mind some images. I mean, I could say Cain, and you immediately know, that's the brother that killed Abel. And, you know, was cast out, a vagabond. Uh, Got the mark on him. Wow, bad guy. I say, Judas, oh, terrible, you know. He betrayed the Lord. He he took his own life because he couldn't bear the thought of it. On and on we could go with those heinous names. We'd never name our child this. I knew a mule one time that was named Jezebel. (laughs) Jezebel. Jezebel, she was married to the wicked king Ahab. And you know by the time the story is told, Ahab looks like a saint compared to his wife Jezebel. Now I'll give you the short of it. Jezebel hated The prophets of God despised them, sought to take their lives. Elijah ran for his life and hid in a cave for fear of that woman. But she loved idolatry and she loved false prophets. Now, do you get the image here, church? You are doing great. You are growing and wow. Look at you. Except for this. You are totally overlooking. You are ignoring. You are pretending that this is not a problem. That you've got this, you've got this Jezebel among you. And that woman is creating havoc in that she is accepting of all the worldliness that is around her, but not just personally accepting it, she is teaching it and she is seducing members of the church. So it wasn't enough that the majority of the church was okay. It was that there was this little component of the church in Thyatira that had the potential to upset the whole thing, to corrupt the whole thing. Well, what to do about it? The Lord says, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm going to act on it myself. And I am going to cast that Jezebel into a sick bed, and those who have fornicated with her, that is, those who have taken in the the supposed truths that she presents, her lies, And her seduction, those who have been in tune with that and who are going with her, he says, I am going to throw into a great tribulation unless they repent. And then her children. That is, those who not only have kind of taken in that doctrine, but now they have they have given themselves forthwith to it. They they are in it. They are deep in it. He says, their children I'm going to kill with death. Now, when I first read that, did you do the same thing? I thought, how redundant. You know, I'm going to kill you, then I'm going to kill you again. But actually, in, in God's economy, that's not redundant. There is death. That is the end of my life now. And then I face the judgment. And at the judgment, the books are going to be opened, I'm going to be weighed and so forth. And either I am going to have been found faithful or I'm going to be found unfaithful. I'm going to be incorrupt or corrupt. He says those who are the children of this Jezebel, I am going to kill with death. That is, in the second portion of there will be no more resurrection to life. It will be over. And I'm taking action that is drastic because this is a serious cancer in the body at Thyatira. Not only that, but the Lord... Shall I say that this is an ominous observation about the Lord? The Lord is not about pretense. He's not about... It's not about what we might put in our bulletin as our achievements or brag about what we are able to do. Again, those eyes are a flame. He cuts right through the pretense. He sees us for exactly what we are. And he essentially warns the church. He says, I do know you. I know your mind and I know your heart and I'm going to act against you according to your works. Okay, now, for us, that's either very encouraging, with a question mark, or it's terrifying. So I'm thinking for a moment just about Thyatira. Okay, I see how they were described, and it looked great, so I'm thinking, you know, they would be very very much like us, right? They're in a community... Are trying to reach their community. Maybe they're like us in that they had a food pantry or a, a clothes closet. Uh, maybe they reach out to their community with programs that they think will help the community. What I hope that we do in those outreach efforts is just that we want to take what is the truth of the gospel and we want to. Share the love of Jesus in our community so that they will have a desire, a hunger and thirst for the truth. Unfortunately, what appears to have happened in Thyatira is that yeah, they had that motivation to be a great social... kind of foundation in their community. They, they wanted they wanted not just to be that church that's over there, but one that was active in their community, wanted to reach out and help people. But unfortunately, much of what was happening in the world, instead of coming to the church and being influenced by the truth, the, the era that was out there in the world, the corruption was now seeping into the church. And this one person in particular had grasped that and now was finding followers as a result of it. In other words, you know what? It's great to reach out. And we ought to do that to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ. But not to the extent that we become more like the world and less like Jesus. That we fall into a sense of compromise with the world in an effort to stay engaged. I read about this hunter, went out into the woods and just a little distance away, he saw a brown bear. Man, he'd always wanted to kill a brown bear. And he just happened to have the right rifle with him. So he picked up the rifle and he got the bear in his sights and he started to squeeze on that trigger. But the bear turned to him and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute now. Wouldn't it, would it be better instead of you just shooting me right now? Wouldn't it be better for us to kind of talk this thing out just a moment? The hunter obviously was shocked the bear could talk and wanted to negotiate. And so he, you know, put the gun down and said, okay, let's let's talk this through. And the bear said, now. What, what exactly is it that you intend to accomplish by shooting me here like this? And the hunter, honest with the bear, said, Well, you know, I've, I've always wanted to have a fur coat. Now I, I figured I could shoot you, I'd have a fur coat. The bear said, You know, that's, that's really a, a, a good thought. I mean, honestly, that's, that's probably a good reason to shoot a bear. But you and I, we need to, to negotiate this deal a little bit. He said, aren't you interested in what I want? And Hunter said, well, okay. You know, what, what is it you want? He said, well, you know, all my life, I, I've had to eat salmon and stuff like that. I have always wanted a meal that would satisfy me. And so... The hunter put his gun down, and the bear and the hunter went out into the woods to negotiate. And a little while later, the bear came back out of the woods after the negotiation. You see, there had been a compromise made. The man got his coat, and the bear got a full belly. Here's what happens to the church when it wants to negotiate or compromise with the world. It doesn't put the world on its heels. It doesn't overcome the world to the extent that it surrenders and says, okay, we'll follow Jesus. You and I know practically that's not true. What will happen, however, if we start to negotiate and compromise with the world that the world will eat us up. But I want you to know that not everybody in the church at Thyatira was tangled up in this mess. They were not. And the Lord says, I know that too. And for those of you who remain faithful, the text that we noticed a moment ago Verse 25, I'm not going to lay anything heavier on you. No burden at all except for this one thing. You be sure that you hold on until I come. Now church in Boonville, Mississippi, I I, I know what the world looks like today. It's holding a lot of views different from ours." That's been true for a long time, but the voices on the other side have become much stronger. It's become more politicized, and those voices have more power than ever before. You know what the Lord says to us? What He does not say is, you guys need a Jezebel in that church. It does not say, you guys need to go out there and compromise. You know, let a little bit of it slide so we can grow our numbers. What the Lord does say is remain faithful. What the Lord does say is hold on until I come. Now, sometimes you feel like your fingers are going to break trying to hold on. But do this. Hold on anyway. There are two things that are promised to those who endure, and they're they're so beautiful. One is, he said, you will have power over the nations. And the second thing, he says, you will have the morning star. Okay, power over the nations by means of, I think, the morning star, who is, you know, that's Jesus. Power of the nations through Jesus, that's what I get. And then I think of John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I I have overcome the world. That's our Lord speaking to us, the one who died for us, the one who is desirous of us holding on. Are you hanging on? Let's just say, yes, we're hanging on. We want to be the incorruptible. Family of God. Let's be sure that we stay that way. Let's be vigilant. Let's hold on all the way to the end. Today, if you're a child of God and you've slipped into that, don't you become a Jezebel. You be certain that you repent of the mistakes that you've made. And let's get back into the fold. Let's be God's shining light in this community. If you're not a member of the Lord's church, today gives you the opportunity to obey the gospel. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're ready to follow Him, to set your own will aside. Confess that faith. Repent of your sins. Be buried in water. Have your sins washed away. Rise up in newness of life. Become, as the Lord will add you, a member of the family of God, the church. If there's anybody who needs to respond today, for any reason, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come while we stand together and sing?
3: God
1: several we'll sing 349
3: ten thousand angels they found the hands of Jesus.
6: morning in preparation for partaking of the Lord's Supper. The ushers have the emblems available. If you have not yet received that, if you would, by show of hands, let them know and they will provide that for you. In John's account of the crucifixion of Jesus... And it was just alluded to in the song that we just sang, 10,000 Angels. In verse 28 and 29, these words are recorded. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was a set vessel full of vinegar. And they filled a sponge with vinegar and put upon it hyssop and put it to his mouth. The scripture that John is referring to in this account is from the pen of David. In Psalm 69 and verse 21, David, as he frequently is, is writing in a time of despair And in the 21st verse that John quotes or references in John chapter 19, David says, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Thinking about the hours leading up to this, Our Lord had been taken in the garden. He had been betrayed and denied by two of his closest followers. He had endured the mockery of a trial, a corrupt one at that. False witnesses of whom the scriptures say they couldn't even agree among themselves. And if that were not enough, he was scourged, an event which many did not even survive. And so at this point, he is up on the cross. And then John tells us it is following that, that he died physically. We need to remember why he did that. He did it, as the hymn says, for you and me. So as we get ready to partake of these emblems, let us remember that and keep that in mind. And let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for all things that you have done and that you continue to do. But the greatest thing of all, the greatest act of love is bringing forth your only begotten Son, Jesus, into this world that in Him coming, taking on the form of a man, being tempted as we are, yet without sin, so that He might become the one-time perfect sacrifice. As we come here to partake of this bread, that represents his broken and mangled physical body, may we, may we remember why he did that and set our hearts and our minds upon those things so that we may remember his sacrifice. And for this we ask, and in Christ's name, amen. Amen. In his epistle to the church of Ephesus, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 and in verse 7 that the blood of Christ is what secured our redemption, our forgiveness, our promise, our hope of salvation and eternal life. May we too remember the shedding of his blood. Let us once again go to our Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we once more come and approach you and thank you once more for sending your Son into this world and for him enduring the things that he did, knowing as your servant Peter tells us that no deceit nor guile was found in his mouth but he did it because he loved us. And as we partake of this emblem, remembering the blood that he shed for us, may we do so in a worthy manner and may we keep our hearts and our minds focused on things that are above. And for this again, we ask and in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Also, it is important to us to remember and to not neglect the material needs that are around us. And it is for this reason, too, that the scriptures give us instructions on how and why to give of our means. And several options have been made available Uh, to us and so that you can utilize whichever one may be most convenient and expedient uh, for you to do so as well. And of course, I'm sure that many of us are following current events. We know that our economy is not in the greatest condition in which it has ever been, inflation and so forth, and that is weighing on us. But we should not let that be an excuse to neglect our responsibilities to the church. And so with that in mind, let us keep in mind Paul's words as well, that God loves a cheerful giver. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we once more come, and again, we thank you for... All things, both the spiritual and the material. And as we come to give of our means of this time, be with each and every one who has or will be giving of whatever it is that they have been prospered, as you have said in your word, and may they do so in a worthy manner, as your servant Paul tells us, not grudgingly, but cheerfully, and may you be, continue to be with our elders as they, from time to time, make decisions on how to disperse and utilize these funds. And may each and every bit of it be used into your honor and into the furtherance of the work of your kingdom. And for this we ask, and in Jesus' name, amen.
7: Each year, we want to give the congregation a summary of the work that we're doing in the mission work. To, you'll notice over half of our budget is outreach oriented. While not funded through our mission budget, the following expenditures are some that have strong evangelistic benefits. Our college ministry, live streaming ministry food pantry and clothes closet pinevale support freed hardiman and heritage bible teaching support benevolent support that was sent to ukraine some expenditures are mostly missions the eldership has set up a mission team to help us oversee this work that are intended to be evangelistic and also for the growth of our congregation outreach to the world, the mission team includes the following: Ken Forrest, Dale Kendrick, myself, Doug Smith, J.T. Beard, and Jim Estes. Where do our funds come? Our 2022 mission work plan is funded from the congregation's regular budget and reserves. Expanding our mission work will come from these sources. The contribution next Sunday, which is what we call Mission Sunday contribution, 100% of it goes to missions, future contributions of interested individuals, memorials or honorariums, especially at the end of the year. The remainder of this presentation, I will, summar, I will summarize the mission work currently included in our 22 budget plan. Following me, Jim will discuss some of the ways the work of the mission team and share some of the mission plan expansion possibilities under consideration. Our mission plan, we participate in correspondence courses primarily through the jail and prison, and you hear a good bit talk about that through the year. The great numbers that we do through there, thanks to Marilyn and others who help her. Our Amerindian missions in Guyana, notice there's four bullets, three bullets following this. It applies to Guyana. We pay the salary for two teachers, at two dif- two preachers, at two different congregations. We have monthly support to the Amerindian missions. This is a different thing than we uh, where we pay the salary of the two preachers. This, this is a Comprehensive Amerindian Mission, Brother Comstock, uh, who oversees this and he's been here a couple of times on a Wednesday night, I think, and talking and he he's getting you to be here next month. Also travel expenses for Guyana campaigns. The work of Wayne Barrier, which you are very familiar with, the World Evangelism, the World Evangelism Warehouse and Shipping at Winona. As you know, the uh, senior citizen, Golden Circle, each year makes a trip down there with people. Some of them might not be old enough in that group to go. So I'm sure they'll take it, no matter how old you are. They do a great work helping with that mission. Uh, uh, Mexico Missions, John Pig. Y'all familiar with John? He comes also each year to give us a report from there. The Uganda Christian Bible School, Foot Street. Foot Street fun, uh, really started this school, and we're glad to help them support the Bible College there in Uganda. Barry Smith is also associated with that. You may remember him from coming last year as well. Uganda Evangelistic Campaigns with Terry Smith something that he's over there doing a a good bit of work throughout the year also the biblical institute of central america we are paying for the tuition of one preacher student there and of course helping christians from this area to find mission trips we we have different people throughout the year been a little slow with last two years because of the pandemic that take mission trips over there, primarily college students. We know Fried Harmon usually has groups that go over there and there's others as well, but not limited also to just this group. Also, uh, in the United States, one domestic campaign or mission meeting for RBBs per year. This year we will focus on a Bungle campaign as we develop social media outreach methods, widowhood workshop. This was attended as a community service outreach effort. Many of you attended this. We had people away from other congregations here to also participate in that. Very successful, we think we plan to do some similar outreach effort each year. It could include uh, focus on drug problems or social media dangers that are under under consideration for next year. The uh, mission team is talking about all these right now, and we, we look forward to bringing some of these things to us.
8: I want to spend just a little bit of time uh, study, talking about the work of the mission team. One of the things the mission team does is to reach out to all the different groups that we are working with uh, and making sure that what they're doing is sound doctrine and effective. Uh, we, the mission team met with the Foot, Foot Street Eldership about this Uganda Christian Bible College work. We also uh, met with Barry Smith who is involved with the Uganda Christian Bible College and the Sudan Project. A couple of times we've met with Terry Smith about his evangelistic efforts in Uganda. And we met with John Pig about the Mexico missions and with Wayne Barrier that you're very familiar with. We've also met with Roger Comstock. And usually when a missionary comes in, the mission team meets with them in addition to Uh, the times that they speak to the congregation on a quarterly basis. And we've had telephone contact with, with others, including the biblical Institute of Central America. We do have a goal of having at least one missionary per quarter speak to us as a congregation. And the next one as Larry indicated will be Roger Comstock in June. When people come requesting funds, We want to have uh, people vet them, make sure that what they're asking for is something that we want to be involved in. And the elders have designated that work for the mission team to do. Some of those that we have met with uh, over the past year include Ronnie Goodman. He's doing a great work in India. He was telling us that they received about 400 requests for correspondence courses per year. Day, I mean, there's a lot of people there, and they're effectively following up with all of the people that are making requests. We also met with Don Roberson. He is going into full-time missionary work with 21st Century Christian. Uh, He is looking for funds for his own livelihood. As he does this, and the work that they're doing, their multitude of preacher training schools that they're involved with. One of the things that we like about that is once they have trained the preachers, they put them into the field working and they earn their own money. It's not something that we have to continually pay their salary for, but their results have been extremely good. And we're we're we certainly hope that Don Roberson can get enough funds so that he can work there. We've met with Glenn Newton of Herald of Truth, and I'm going to talk a little bit about geofencing in just a moment, and Steve Gober, World Bible School, with some talking to them about some links to Google searches. We're evaluating, uh, the mission team is evaluating methods for improving our community outreach. One of these is geofencing work via the Herald of Truth. Think about a fence that goes around a geographic area. Let's say it's Northeast Community College campus. When uh, someone walks into that area and they go on Facebook, then an ad comes on. And that ad is about the, uh, maybe it's about the Moonville Church of Christ college program. And and just think of what we could do if we had geofencing around Boonville and we can find out who is really interested. And so we don't have to do cold door knocking, but we can go to people who have actually first shown interest in something about the church. Google searching uh, advertising with World Bible School is similar to to that when someone does does a search from the Boonville area or the area that we have mapped out then an ad could come on that would address the Boonville Church's way to meet their needs. We're also looking at becoming regular advertiser on Bloomville uh, Blue Devil TV, uh, and maybe becoming a regular advertiser on the Northeast uh, Mississippi Community College uh, television channel. Uh, and that's reaching the people right here and we're hoping that we can reach out into the community from that way as well. One of the other things the mission team is doing is working to improve community spiritual outreach and unity. One of the things that we did there was to meet with uh, Brother Thornton and Brother Welch from the Sunflower Congregation. Brother Welch is here with us today. We welcome you, Brother Welch. We met with them to discuss plans for this year's Boonville evangelistic campaign to understand the current status of the Sunflower congregation and to make sure that the members of Sunflower knew that they had a warm welcome to worship with us. So just an overview, the mission team is managing about $60,000 in funds from the Boonville budget and reserves to implement this year's mission plan that Larry discussed with you. But the mission team earnestly wants to expand our 2022 mission efforts and is anxiously and prayerfully awaiting next Sunday's mission contribution before we decide just how much of this we can take on. So let's prayerfully plan our Sunday, May 29th contribution. Thank you.
2: I know you probably weren't expecting me, but since my dad is off preaching somewhere, I've taken over the man of the house responsibilities for today. <laughs> but the reason I'm up here is that this will be Luis's last time ever worshiping with us. And I, we just noticed this today during church. So we hope, he, we hope he has loved the time here with us. And I know he has enjoyed getting to know many of you. So I'm sorry for making a bit of a selfish announcement this morning, but I wanted to give those of you who want to... Uh, who want a chance to say goodbye.
9: Thank you, Gibson. Uh, we have a few announcements. Uh, first of all, when I came in, Randy said he has to have surgery again this week. He had a knee replacement a while back and they got to go back in and fix something that didn't go right. So let's be in, in prayer for him. Um, uh, Also, we, uh, we continue to pray for Geraldine Taylor at the Grandview hospital in Birmingham. That's Billy Taylor's mom, Uh, Quitman Whittington, Landmark 209 for rehabilitation. Connie Mooney, uh, North Mississippi medical center following hip surgery. She'll go into rehab soon. Maddie P. Acock, that's uh, Anthony's mother, uh, the broken hip and she's in uh, Baldwin rehabilitation. And Andrea's aunt, Bobby, Bobby Height. She's at the North Mississippi Medical Center ICU. That's also uh, Cameron's uh, great aunt. As well, just a few things in case you're not here and you're listening or watching. Uh, the devotional landmark nursing and rehab is today at four o'clock. Also, if you're a 2022 graduate uh, from high school, college, trade school, etc and we like your information printed in the salute to our graduates bulletin. Please fill out a form from the foyer and leave it in the church office or email it by May 29th. There's a box right out on the counter by the stairs. There's an elders, deacons and ministers, uh, meeting, uh, Sunday, June the 5th at two o'clock in the annex. And also Uh, the weekly food pantry item is macaroni and cheese. The food pantry and clothes closet will be open June 9th and June 16th. Uh, Doug told me to mention that the golden circle breakfast has been postponed tomorrow. Uh, he didn't have a rescheduled date, but I'm sure it will come out and let's see. Uh, I believe. That is everything, please pray with me before we are dismissed. Heavenly Father, we come to thee today so thankfully that we are able to come here together and, and learn thy word. And Father, may what we learn, may we take it with us. Father, we see in the world today rebellion. Father, we see denial of thy truth. Father, we see evil. Father, we are Christians. We know thy word and we know what is right and wrong. We know this because we learn it in thy word. Father, we are saved and we do not deserve this, but Father, we are eternally grateful. Father, we want all to be in this condition. Father, we love each other. Father, we love thy neighbor and Father, we always forgive. Father, we know that we mustn't just talk about these things, that as we go out of this place and anywhere we might find ourselves, we, we must live these things and look out for each other and bring others to thee through Christ. Father, we love thee so much and we're so thankful and so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ,
3: and through him we do pray, amen.